what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. October 4th, 2019, episode number 99. Uh, the season's over, dude. Dude, I can't believe it, you know? It just, it seemed like we waited and waited and waited for the season to start. And then after I got rolling, man, I just, I've been busy. It's just, it's hard to believe it's already over. I got something to tell you, Scotty. Tell me. I'm not doing any more episodes. This is as far as what, I go. What, whatever. Yeah, I, I, we've come this far, and I hate to tell you this, but I'm not going to make it to next week. This this is whatever. it. Whatever. I'll find somebody else that will help Whoa. me push the button and record. Just going to put somebody else in the chair. Bring in another producer for yeah, episode I've 100. Got, I, Listen, I'm like Sheldon on the Big Bang Theory. I've got to make it. You know, you can't yeah. just stop. It's like, yeah, I just got to make it to 100 now. That's it. All right. Well, I think we got something fun planned for next week. We won't tease that. Let's not even let's not even tell people what it is. Not just next week, but the next few weeks. We got a few awesome interviews lined up, a few good conversations, talk about the 2019 season. And I think we're going to be doing that this week as well, kind of just recapping the 2019 season with our guest. Because uh, he's had one hell of a year. Not just him, but his rider has had one hell of a year. I don't really know much about this tuner, and I'm looking forward to getting to know Justin Bender a little bit more. Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, he spent some time. He stayed with my family out in Arizona uh, when we raced the Arizona Mile a few years back, and he's just a really good guy. He also races bikes too. He's a professional mechanic, motorcycle mechanic during the day. So he's uh, he's got a really good story, and I'd like to share that with everybody. We won't really get into that last race. It was tough to watch as a fan. For obvious reasons uh i'll just let's just keep it short and just talk through i think the light through all of it was the championships um seeing cory texter win that that race right there alone was crazy because colby carlisle was man he finished off the season really strong and the way he was riding he got out front it was his race then all of a sudden he breaks then Corey's out front all by himself and then he breaks with a lap and a half to go and i thought the championship was gone yep luckily you know he had a big enough cushion coming into the race and then not that many bikes finished the race he won his first ever championship yeah i didn't realize that colby was that close to where he could actually i mean there was a there was a possibility when they started that race that he could have won that championship is that right you know last week i think i messed up because i said there was a 25 point lead it was actually 15 so my math skills were off so yeah there was mathematically there was a shot uh, good for Co- Corey that there was only 12 riders, you know, even entered in the race. 11 started the race, so it, it was pretty close. And then, you know, Colby fell out early, and then and then Varnes still had mathematically had a shot to win also. So that's why they had to wait when it was over because Varnes got second, so that gained him 20 points. But he was just far enough back that he didn't win the championship. But you know, it came down to the wire, and that's what uh, a good championship battle is all about. You know, uh, you got to be consistent every round. Absolutely. And, you know, I got to say hats off to Colby Carlisle coming back from that injury, improving. Obviously, he deserves, you know, to be riding a twin. Uh, And I personally think if he would have been back for some of those races, he may be the one that that we're crowning champion. But, you know, you run all the races or you don't run all the races and where you end at the end (laughs) is really where you're at for the season. So I'm not taking in any way, anything away from Corey, but shout out to, uh, to Colby for coming back strong towards the end of the year. It's got to give him momentum going into 2020. Yeah. And maybe Colby will move up to the, uh, you know, the big, the big class next year, the super twins class. We'll have to wait and see. And also uh, a shout out to Chad coast for winning the final round. Uh, That had to be, 
has to feel really good to end on a winning note. Him and Mikey Rush finished really strong towards the end of the season. Chad Coast doing the double duty, um, which is actually a good transition in the singles. He didn't do too bad in the singles class either, huh? Yeah, he, he looked pretty good. I mean, he ended up 15th. He, uh, his bike broke there towards the end of the race. This was kind of a secret, but he had some help there that day from Joe Gibbs Racing, JGR. You know that from NASCAR. I do. They also help out in the motocross world, too. So he had some help there. Unfortunately, he did have a mechanical near the end of the race. And Mikey Rush finished off the year really strong, you know, back-to-back wins on two big miles. Um, You know, he's got the momentum going into the offseason. He just had some bad luck, or he could have been up there battling for that championship. Absolutely. And James Hart, you know, is on the list. We're going to talk to him here soon, I'm sure. Uh, want to talk through that season for sure and hear uh, what he's got planned for 2020. We have a tuner this week, but it won't be James Hart. That's right. And you know what? Dalton Gautier, they showed yeah. up with one bike. That's when I crazy. did the pit walk and I got to that backup bike and there's no engine sitting in that motorcycle, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. And then he didn't come out for practice. Yeah. He came out and ran one round of qualifying, put it in the main event, and then you know a, a 14th place finish. So Drama. I just don't think he was pushing it. I think, don't think he's pushing it. He wanted to get you know a few points and just lock up that first ever championship. It's the first ever flat track championship for Husqvarna and first ever flat track championship for Dalton Gautier. Yeah, totally. That's really badass. Cool to see them celebrate at the end too. Yeah, I mean there was drama in that last event just because you didn't know if that bike was going to last, right? Like uh, um, they had lost a few throughout the season, so it wouldn't wasn't be on the realm of possibility. Um, and you know it's 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 good to see that story with that ending. Uh, towards the end of the season Robbie Bobby and Dalton Gautier definitely deserve that one for sure I'm sure we'll catch up with them at some point in the offseason and uh and talk about that year um it's it's badass and I think overall I mean you can't you can't be disappointed with any of the champions this year um that twins that twins race you know the shortened race uh, they cut it down to eight laps um from 25 I guess there was some meeting of the minds we won't get into all this but apparently they they had a meeting before and they shortened the race to eight eight laps um just to do the track conditions and how the riders felt. I don't know who made the decision or what, but I'm sure we'll get those details as we talk to people throughout the off season. Um, I don't want to speculate. I wasn't there, obviously. I was watching for fans' choice. You were up in the booth, so I'm sure you don't really want to or touch that one. But I, I do have one thing to say about that. You know, I, I'm okay with the riders not feeling comfortable enough to go out there and race 25 laps, but for riders' safety, the one thing I didn't understand, I haven't talked to anybody about this, they put 19 riders out there yeah. for that eight-lap race. So I, that's the only thing I, that, that throws a red flag to me. You know, the racetrack was what it was. They tried fixing it several times during practice and qualifying. Uh, it didn't get much better. And the riders just, uh, you know, they said, hey, we got to do something. Yeah, I mean, and you got to love the fact that they uh, still want to put on a show for this this crowd um, that came out to see the race, that, that stuck it out throughout the day. So hats off to the riders. Even though it was eight laps, it was still cool. I, I thought, I personally thought that Brian had something for Mies. I think he could have caught him if they had extra laps. I think so too. And well, they both had a goal in mind. Jared yeah. Mies, he wanted to win because he wanted to win all the miles in one season. That's only been done twice before in history of American flat track, but Brian Smith had won every year since 2006 and that just ended, Yep. you know, this last Saturday night. So uh, I think that'll make Brian want it even more next year, but you know, it, it just came down to Jared Meese got a good start and he was out front and if you get in the roost, it's hard to go forward. I think Brian made a couple of charges and then when he caught him at the wrong time, the roost slowed him down and it just wasn't meant to be. So Jared Meese, uh, man, maybe he's trying to take over as the mile master. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he ended up on top of the box again. 
He had a great season, eight wins. He's now has 48 Grand National victories. He is only 30 behind Chris Carr, who's in second. 94 victories is Scotty Parker. So <laughs> I don't know how long Jared Meese is going to keep going, but he may be able to catch Chris Carr. It might take him a few more years, but yeah. I don't know how long Jared's going to keep racing. Well, and you can't take any, anything away from Brian Smith. I, I still think it's pretty badass that they went to the Kawasaki this year, built that program throughout the year, and he finished on the podium um, the last two. So, uh, you know, he's he's definitely shown improvements uh, on that Kawasaki program. It'll be interesting to see what he does in the in the off season and uh, rolling into 2020 with this whole super super twins thing that's obviously happening. Which again is another thing that we'll probably talk about every week between now and. Daytona of 2020 one rider who kind of finished in the back of the pack for the last couple but uh but definitely shouldn't shouldn't look down on himself for the season is Brandon Price and, and we actually uh this week have his uh tuner Justin Bender uh we've been talking to him for a minute um about coming on and you know now the season's over and he's got some time we, we tried having Justin on last week but after they uh, wrecked the motorcycle in Minnesota he didn't have time in his schedule so that's why we didn't have the uh the Full guest lineup last week uh we did talk to charlie roberts and that rookies of 79 they need more support absolutely now more than ever we mentioned that last week uh they're doing a lot of great stuff trying to raise money uh, another rider was injured at the last race and yep. it's hard to see it's hard to sit and watch and we just hope that every one of them make a, a speedy recovery yeah man it's uh i don't think i'll ever you never get used to this part of the sport it's something that you know me kind of being new to it i've uh this past month has been tough for me man i'll go ahead and say it. it's a tough part part of the sport but i mean it's it's refreshing when you see uh james monica posting again when you see the updates from stevie like um when you hear the positive um coming comments coming out of it um and, and all the love uh you got you got to got to embrace this sport and love it for what it is and uh, but it's 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 not easy for sure yeah we are a flat track family and family comes first so uh man to just like i said hope all my brothers get well soon there's lots of cool stuff going on contribute how you can man like sometimes it's just putting a picture out there with the nice words something thoughts um thinking about things praying about things whatever helps you ultimately could help the families uh that are dealing with this as well um put it out there uh and you know we say it a million times class 79 they're they're the one-stop shop for for helping these riders um but there's a lot of cool things that other people are doing too i saw uh jordan graham auctioning off a helmet of his andy debrino's doing jerseys like there's all kinds of cool stuff that the flat track community is coming together nicole Mees has the mini plates uh that she's selling those are super cool there's all kinds of stickers so um there's lots of ways to contribute um sometimes just thinking and praying for these riders to get back healthy is one of the biggest things you could do too you what? didn't even ask me any other 99s yeah i, I kind of forgot is it mcgrain yep tom mcgrain was kyle mcgrain was 99a before he passed away uh, pj jacobson used to run the 99 back in the day 2011 to 2014 larry pagram had it for one year uh roger durkey a few other people that are pretty famous had it too but uh right now it's justin jones pretty popular number so all that said do you want to call justin yeah, man, let's give him a call. How long have you known Justin? You know, I, I can't put my finger on that. I don't know. Probably five years, maybe. I'm not sure. I always like hearing from tuners. Uh, I like their perspective, and I think we'll talk to a couple here in the next few weeks, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, let's give him a shout. Hello. Justin Bender. Hey, Scotty. How's it going? Good, man. What are you up to? Oh, just uh, working in the shop a little bit. 
your shop or your job shop? I mean, I, I can't keep track. You work, you work on bikes all the time. So where are you at? Well, I'm at the, the shop I work at for my daily job, okay. uh, Zipper's Performance, where I work on all the race bikes. So I you clock know, out, yeah. start working on uh, stuff afterwards. You know the season's over. You don't have to keep working on stuff for a little while, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Personal bikes, they uh, get a little neglect during uh, the race season. So you're working on your race bikes right now? Yep. All right. You racing anytime soon? Yeah, we got a, a TT coming up this weekend. Uh, I think I'm going to try and make that. And then I picked up a, a 450 framer probably about a year and a half ago. That Man, I'm really itching to get that thing done. Right on. Um, you still have a hooligan bike, too. Are you, are you, you're not going to ride the hooligan at the TT, are you? No, I probably would, but uh, I haven't had time to put a front brake on it yet. All right. So, Justin, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit. You got some time to, to sit down and visit. I know you're working on motorcycles, but you got any time for us? Yeah, sure do. All right. Well, congratulations on a good season. Let's go ahead and start way back at the very beginning. So where were you born? I was born and raised in uh, Lyonville, Ohio. Family farm. Grew up raising cattle and growing crops and just, you know, working on the farm. Wow. So how did you end up out in Maryland? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty long story. Uh-huh. <laughs> give, give me the Cliff Notes version. Well, you know, I grew up, grew up on the farm there in Ohio and learned how to ride dirt bikes mainly just to go check cows or, you know, check the fence and stuff like that. And always liked riding bikes. And uh, being that we're farmers and uh, have a farm equipment dealership, very mechanical, always working on stuff, fixing stuff. You know, when I was a kid, I was digging my dad's bikes out of the barn, uncle's bikes out of the barn, get them running, ride them, and uh, just always enjoyed doing that. So uh, when I was in high school, I was uh, putting ads in the newspaper for, you know, make a little spending money, work on people's bikes, and got, you know, real busy. So I was good at it, was even building engines back then, and uh, decided that's kind of what I wanted to try to do. You know, I was a farmer for the first 18 years of my life and wanted to try to pursue working in the motorcycle industry a little bit. Went out west to um, to school, kind of expand on what I already knew. Learned a lot, made some good connections. Ended up in uh, Northern California working for a Honda Yamaha shop for a little bit. And then um, when I was going to school, I had a teacher that uh, really got to know good in, in uh, high performance classes. And he gave me a call one day and said that this company in Maryland called Zippers Performance was looking for somebody and thought I fit the bill and got in touch with them and, and has a great fit. So before you knew it, I was on my way out of California and on my way to Maryland. Just like that. You just packed up everything and moved to Maryland where you have you ever spent any time in Maryland before that? Nah, not at all. Uh the first time I was ever in the state was for my interview and you know <laughs> I got to the shop. It's a it's an amazing shop. You know, these guys built a great company and they're uh, just awesome guys, hardworking, you know, built this company from the ground up. And uh, it's like a dream shop for me. You know, these, they specialize in uh, high performance, you know, engines and engine components. So, I mean, that's what I've loved to do since I was a kid. I've always loved making stuff go fast. And, and then the second time I was in the state was when I packed all my stuff up and moved to you. Wow. That's, that's quite a story. I, I, I had no idea any of that stuff. So along the way, when you're working on bikes and growing up on the farm, when did you first race motorcycles? Because I know you race now, but uh, did you start later in life? Did you start when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, definitely later. I mean, you know, it's just like any professional sport. You got to start when you're young if you want to be the best. And 
when I was younger, probably like, you know, junior high, I was, I did a motocross race here, there, and still hair scramble racing in high school, but it was never pushed to be a racer. You know, I was, was pushed to make sure I was at home working. So kind of missed the ball on becoming a professional racer. But, uh, when I moved to Maryland, I hadn't raced flat track at all. And, uh, went upstairs in the storage area and one of the owners had a, uh, old flat track framer sitting up there collecting dust and said, you know, I asked them about it and they said, you know, if you get it running, you can ride, you can race it. And that's like, you know, you don't have to tell me twice. So <laughs> got it down, cut it down. We got it running. And, uh, my first flat track race was, uh, the Timonium indoors. So oh, you're, wow. ever, you know, at all yeah, familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this bike was a, um, Yamaha 252 stroke, uh, DT250 in a red line frame. So it was a handful, but I had a blast and man, I was hooked. Man, that's cool. I didn't I didn't know that story either. This is pretty cool. You you said you worked on bikes as a kid, then you went to school for it, worked in California, then in Maryland. So who was the first flat track racer you started wrenching for? I moved to Maryland in like 2011, the fall of 2011. And, um, you know, that's right when I started, you know, riding and racing flat track and really liking it. And then in uh like late winter, early spring of I think twenty fourteen, got a chance to work with a great engine builder and tuner by the name of Eddie Atkins, uh mm-hmm. over there in uh, Winchester, Virginia. And uh through uh through my shop, they're good friends with him as well and got the opportunity to go over there and help with the um Kawasaki's when Henry Wiles rode for uh Eddie and D P C racing Don's Kawasaki and and I'd go to Winchester and help build the bikes, come back to Maryland, you know, build engines for the shop. And then, uh, got asked if I wanted to, you know, go along to the racetrack and, and, you know, just be a lackey basically. And learned a lot from Eddie and Mike Lynch loved being at the track. And after that, I was like, man, this, I think what I need to be focusing on instead of racing. Right on. So you worked with Eddie Adkins for a little while. How did you trans transition over to start working for Corey Texter? Was he next in line? Well, um, you know, worked with uh, Eddie and Henry for the 2014 season. And then um, through the amateur and district racing, I became friends with uh, Jerry Alexander. And uh, right. he's a really good friend of mine, pro flat track racer from around here. Now he hails in Massachusetts, but he was living in Pennsylvania at the time I got to know him. And, uh, you know, he, had, this was back when they still had pro twins and he had built Kawasaki. So in 2015, I went to a couple races with him, you know, just help him out. And, uh, just fun being at the racetrack with your friends, you know? And, and then, uh, I guess it was maybe the spring of 2016, you know, Corey had called and said, Hey, would you be interested in going, going racing with me? And worked out a deal and went racing with Corey for 2016. And, um, Pretty much all of 2017. Okay. So what did you do after that? I, I don't remember seeing you a whole lot in 2018 and miss, unless I'm just missing it totally. What happened in 2018? And then we'll talk about 2019, this great year you just finished up. Yeah. So, you know, being dedicated to a, the national series is a lot of work. I mean, anybody that's doing it knows that. And doing two seasons, you know, I was ready for a break and uh, wanted to focus on my own stuff. And, you know, really just focused on my own race programs, built two different uh, Harley Sportsters for the Hogan Racing, and just kind of did that, grew my own uh, race programs, my 450s and my uh, twins, and 
had a lot of fun, was very successful with it. But you know, when you're working, you're making money and when you're racing, you're spending money. So, uh, <laughs> I, I definitely yeah. enjoyed racing in 2018, but anytime I get an opportunity to, to, to work, usually take it. Absolutely. So let's talk about the transition in 2019. You worked for Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, and then Brandon Price was your rider. So how did that all develop and how did you guys get all hooked up? That's a pretty funny story too. You know, um, I was actually at the, uh, it was in February, I believe in the, at the Timonium uh, motorcycle show, I had taken uh, one of my Sportster flat track bikes up there and put it up and was talking to people, you know, showing my work and uh, some of the work that we do at Zippers Performance. And, you know, Brandon stopped by and said hi. And I knew Brandon from the local races, you know, he's from the same district and always had a lot of respect for his talent and uh, he's a well-spoken young man. And, you know, at, actually, you know, I forgot that, last three rounds of 2018 Corey did uh, get a hold of me and said hey you know i got an opportunity to ride indian for the last three rounds uh would you be interested in coming coming on board again and i was like yes so you know really the last three rounds of 18 i got to basically change sprockets on them i didn't really get to know them that much but uh because of that you know brandon had picked up the ride on the indians and we got to talking about if, if I would be interested in just getting them ready for Daytona, I was like, yeah, I'll go through them, you know, get the brakes put on them and, you know, get everything as ready as I can for you. And, uh, I was already planning on going down there to race that, uh, super hooligan race. Roland Sands was putting on in conjunction with AFT. So I said, you know, I'll already be down there. If you want me to help, I'd be more than happy to help. So we were pitted together there and helping Brandon. And that was when I got to meet, uh, Jerry Stinchfield and and got to thank him for letting me work on his motorcycles there, get him ready for Daytona. And man, Brandon did great for his first national and made the main event, finished 13th. And I was just beyond stoked, you know, rookie kid coming in, makes the main event, gets his national number, first first event. And uh, after that, got a phone call and talked with Jerry a little bit about coming on board for the first couple of rounds and just kind of worked out to be the whole season. That's awesome. And, and, you know, what a lot of people don't remember is, is he had a pretty serious injury in Springfield in 2018. So just him coming back into the sport and then starting off so strong with, you know, three 13 place finishes was just an amazing start. And, you know, he was blowing my mind week in and week out. So uh, when you get the, the call from Jerry Stinchfield, do you work on the bikes every week? And is it at the racetrack only? Because I've seen him at the shop as well. So how do you guys manage all that stuff? Well, it worked out really well, uh, the dynamics of the team, because Brandon and his family are um, probably about a half hour, 40 minutes from the shop here. And um, that's how it that's how it all worked out. He would make sure the bikes got to the racetrack, either you know, he and his father, grandfather drove them to the track and then bring them back. And the only thing I asked was like, you know, I don't really have a whole lot of time. I work on all the race bikes after hours, you know. Nine to six, right. I'm working on Harley engines for zippers. And after six o'clock is when I get to work on the, the national bike. So I said, I asked that they come back clean. And man, he did an awesome job making sure the bikes were always washed and, and ready to be worked on. So, you know, after the national, it, you know, it was fairly local and they were planning on coming back. Uh, the bikes would come back after he'd get them ready and I'd go through them and uh, do whatever service or setup work needed. And, and uh, then they'd come back, pick the bikes up and head to the next national. And, uh, wow. they were staying out West and, you know, that all that work got done after the race or the next day. 
Sure, sure. So then you were flying in and out of uh, out of the races, right? Oh yeah. Um, oh. Anything that I couldn't drive to, you know, and, and of course, okay. you know, unfortunately, sure. uh, I've got to make sure that I'm here to do my my normal job. You know, that's number one. These guys, right, right, the boys been good to me. I can't just be like, well, I'm going to take two months off and go travel the country with the race team. Um, that's one of the stipulations is the only way I can go out West any races and work is I got to be able to get out of the shop on Friday and be back to the shop on Monday. So a very solid season with five top tens, three tops, five, man, I, I just didn't expect that at the start of the 2019 season. Uh, what were your, what were your guys' goals at the start of the season? And did you think you accomplished everything you, you had set out to do? Well, you know, it's, as I think as the season went on, the goals definitely changed. But uh, at first, you know, my goal was to just make sure, and that stayed the same through the whole season, make sure Brandon had a safe and, and fast bike. But I wasn't sure what to expect. To be honest with you, I know how deep the talent pool is in the expert class. You know, I've been involved for a few years now. And, you know, once you move up to the expert class, it's no joke. Everybody's fast. Everybody's good. So either sink or swim, kind of. And Brandon definitely started swimming right away. And my, my personal goal for Brandon was always do his best, but I wanted to see him just make all the mains and he, he started doing that. And then he started getting in, you know, in Paris, I think he finished seventh or eighth made, you know, definitely top 10 in Paris. I was like, wow, he's, you know, coming on right away. Absolutely. That seventh place finish at Paris. That was impressive. That was a pretty rough track and it looked like he was charging throughout the day. So let's move on to Lima. So just off the box in his rookie season, I thought he almost, you know, he almost made it onto the box. So a fourth place finish at Lima, you guys had to be just stoked. Oh, I was, I was beyond stoked. You know, Lima is by far definitely my favorite track. Um, that's just, you know, you gotta be a, a tough person to race that track. And, uh, it's a very demanding track. It's very fast, multiple lines just makes for great racing. It's such a great racetrack, great race to watch. And, uh, when Brandon went out there and was just on, on the money, out of the box, you know, just riding great. The bike was working for him and he set, you know, fastest qualifying time. I was like, man, you know, what's going to happen tonight. And then just put in a great solid ride in the main event. Um, you know, I think that had we not seen Briar's tire come off the rim and had the red flag restart, you know, I think he might've been up there on the podium, but solid fourth. And I was just beyond happy. You know, that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would be too. So he only missed two main events this year in his rookie season, and that was Buffalo Chip and Rapid City. So that was all in this time crunch period. We didn't have a lot of time between rounds. So what was going on in those two races, and why why did he not make the main? Just weird stuff. Um, you know, definitely not Brandon's fault at all for, for not making either of those main events. Um, tire choice, I think, for Rapid City, definitely. We tried to run the softer compound tire and it just wasn't working as the day went on. And unfortunately missed the miss making the main by that one spot. And I think the difference between the, the five and the eight was the difference between him making that man and not, okay. but he, it wasn't for a, an effort on his part for sure. And, um, at the Buffalo show, that was just a random, random accident. Like, uh, Briar came in hot on Henry. And those guys got together, and now I don't know how many times I watched it in slow motion, but Briar's bike's like, you know, standing up on, you know, its handlebars in the tail section, and Brandon almost makes it through, and the bike 
falls over in front of him and you know i don't know how he stayed on the bike but about right. got thrown off the bike and what happened was when he went into the front handlebars hit the kill switch and shut the bike off oh man that's unfortunate I, already, I didn't know yeah yeah that's a tough break for sure let's move on to springfield mile two i mean that was a good weekend a busy busy weekend but finishing fourth i think he was up there in that big group of nine riders that entire day what a race that was and for this rookie to be up there rubbing elbows with the best in the business uh another fourth place finish you guys had to be excited about that too oh man super excited again brandon just put on an awesome ride he uh just came kept working away through the whole race and and uh what a phenomenal track too you know that track was working everybody had multiple lines so everybody could race like that and uh kid just you know definitely shined showed everybody what he was capable of and uh you know that was another nail biter i wasn't sure you know what was going to happen when he was in second on the last lap i was like oh my god you know this kid could be coming from the back and who knows what could happen and you know, he missed being on the box by 0.02 seconds wow that's nuts it's just it's just crazy to me that you guys went from talking about maybe making every main event to maybe thinking he could win in his rookie season uh we move on uh, the next highlight i think has to be williams grove and he got second there you know a second place finish behind briar who went on to win the championship that just blew me away oh yeah once again i don't know what brandon's uh goals were when he, he when he started to the end of the end of the season but i know that once he showed me what he was capable of and that, you know, he was there to win, he was there to stay. My goal was to get him up front as good as I could with his dad and Williams Grove. That was just a phenomenal race all day long. Everything was working. He did what he had to do. Always be on the front row and got a good start and he earned it. He definitely got, got around some real fast guys and was pushing Briar briar's times by the end of the race and you know another awesome highlight from that race you know me personally for me not only seeing brandon get on the podium his rookie year but and being a part of it but you know my specialty and my favorite thing is to build engines and and uh my first uh ftr engine build was right after new york when he was one freshened up and and uh the one that he rode and got the second on williams grove was an engine that i built so that was a you know an awesome feeling Wow, that had to have been so cool. So we finished off the year with the 14th and the 13th on the last two miles. Man, some really amazing finish. We talked through some really good ones. You just said how important the Williams Grove one was. Does anything other than that, what we've just talked about, stick out to you that you'll never forget here in the 2019 season? You know, overall, I just really enjoyed working with Brandon and his dad. Um, we're all new. Everything was new, you know. Brandon's first year in the expert twins class. My first year really working with the Indians, uh, our first year working together, you know, Brandon and his dad and me. So everything worked well. You know, we were, we all worked very well together. Uh, you know, Brandon's dad's a great uh, coach and great with setup. So I learned a lot from him. Overall, it was just an awesome season. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed working with, with Brandon and, and uh, his dad. But, you know, my favorite highlights are the, the ones that you hit, you know, Lima. Right. right. Definitely. Yeah. Springfield and and uh, the second Williams Grove. Yeah, that's so it's so impressive. He took home the Rookie of the Year um, in in his you know first season, finished on the podium. Talk about what it means to help Brandon and his dad accomplish this go in their full you know their their fir- first full season in the in the Premier Class. I mean, it was an honor. I I definitely am glad that I had the opportunity to do it and um, help him showcase what he's capable of. 
at the same time showcase what I'm capable of with the motorcycles and engine building and stuff like that. It's just a great year. Absolutely. Congratulations on that great year. I've got a few more questions before we let you go, but uh, we're just one week out from the final. It was just a few days ago, as a matter of fact. And, and have you had a chance to catch your breath and has there been any talk about the 2020 season so far yet? Well, I mean, there was talk about 2020 season before the end of 2019, but there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just, that's nothing new. That's all the way it goes. Um, you know, I don't, don't really know what the cards hold for 2020 yet. There's a lot of stuff going around, you know, options and stuff. So we'll, we'll see how it all unfolds. All right. So you have Justin Bender racing and I, I really love your logo. I follow you on Instagram. Who came up with that logo and what does that mean to you? Well, you know, um, I'm a very particular person and, uh, you know, when I come up with an idea, I want it a certain way and I had a very talented, um, person here at the shop that did uh, graphic design and told them, you know, what I wanted incorporated into it. And they did the logo probably 15 times before I finally said that I liked it, but <laughs> did a great job and just stuck with it, you know? Right on. And I like your logo, making the fast faster. That is so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I, I like to do. You know, I've always liked going fast. I've always liked, you know, that's my favorite thing about building engines is making them faster. And then, you know, like I said a little earlier, I'm never going to be a national number. I'd love to. That'd be awesome. But it's just, you know, not the way it's going to work out. So I figured out real quick that, you know, racing for me is, is not a job. It's, you know, an opportunity for me to test out stuff, test out engine packages, test out setups and stuff like that. But, you know, where I am strong is building competitive engines, making power, making torque, knowing where to make it and um just getting to build race engines that's that's cool and you get to rub elbows with the best of the best you know week in and week out you get to go hang out with the racers that's what you know i don't i'm, I'm not fast anymore I, I don't even know that i ever was real fast but uh i still get to go to the races and hang out with my friends and, and watch the best flat trackers in the world so that's pretty cool um no no solid plan yet for 2020 at this point but i'm sure you got some plans for the off season right yeah i try to relax a little bit but got a lot of projects to do you know i'd like to like to get some of them done mainly just focus on learning more always trying to learn develop uh my 450 engine program a little bit more and take anything that i learn in the off season and develop the engines and apply it to the next uh 2020 season have you ever ridden one of the indians have you even got to ride one around that that much man i tell you what that's one thing i have not been been able to do never been anywhere and had the chance to do it i'd love to but never been at a track other than a national with one. So I've never had, had the chance to throw a helmet on or even ride it. I've worked on them plenty, but yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, we got that tire test coming up down in Florida in November. Maybe there might be some Indians down there. Maybe you might just have to make a trip down there. Yeah. I might just have to <laughs> bring your leathers, bring your helmet. I'll try to do the same thing. I, I want to throw my leg on one too. I've sat on them, but I've not ridden. I'm not even ridden one through the pit area. So uh, you're you're lucky enough to get to work on a week in and week out. You had a great year, so uh, we're already at the part of the episode. We're going to ask, ask Graham's questions. You know Graham, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Graham and Pa both love you. They got to know you when you stayed with them in Arizona for the Arizona Mile. So Graham wants to know, what is your favorite thing to do to pass the time outside of motorcycle racing and working on bikes? That's a tough one because that's pretty much all the time that I do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, that is tough because – I really do enjoy what I do. So when I'm not at the racetrack 
where I'm, you know, not working on bikes. I'm probably thinking about how I can make something better or work on them. I do enjoy a little bit of hunting, you know, stuff like that. Verting back to some of my time back in Ohio. Okay. All right. So where does Justin Bender go to learn more about making things go faster? You know, the guys here at Zippers are very knowledgeable guys. They've been, you know, making Harleys go fast for over 30 years. A lot of racing background, a lot of success. And uh, really just right here in the shop, every day I'm always uh, talking uh, with uh, one of my bosses, Dave. He's he's a genius. And uh, always bouncing ideas off of him, talking to him about stuff. And, you know, like I said, friend of mine, Jerry Alexander, anytime I get a chance to, I like to talk to his dad, Ron Alexander, who uh, worked for the motor company back in the XR days. He was Cal Rayburn's tuner and uh, wow. a great wow. engine developer, very smart guy. You know, all these guys that I look up to and, and, and talk to and listen to, they'll all forget more and all I've learned. But I'm always trying to keep my ear to the ground, listen to what they have to say, pick their brains soak in as much as i can right on has anybody from your job up there at zippers performance had they did they get to go to any of the races this season yeah um my boss dan he um he got to come to one or two you know they're very busy guys uh always working always in the shop and uh you know what they built such a, a great company is a testament to their work ethic very rare that any of them get to go out and do anything but uh, Dan did get to come to the last round, uh, Meadowlands, which was awesome. You know, he's another cool, a great, uh, great mind here at Zippers that I'm always listening to, trying to, you know, just pick up anything I can. He's, he was a great, great racer and a, a tuner and always, always listening. Right on. Well, we've reached the end of the episode. It's time for our rapid fire question. So I'll ask you a question. You tell me the first thing that pops into mind. Are you ready? Yep. What's your favorite motorcycle you've ever ridden? Have ever ridden? Yep. Oh man, tough race bike or street bike? Whatever your favorite. Period. If you if you could just go pick, go outside right now, outside that shop, and hop on one motorcycle, what would it be? Yeah, that's tough. So many great motorcycles. You know, if I had the opportunity to ride Andy, and I'd probably have to say FTR 750 for a race bike. Um, okay. As far as right. street bikes go, I, we've Zippers has built some really fast Harleys, and. uh I've got to, to ride a few of them, so it's, I can't even pick any of those. So just one of those fast bikes that you guys have built. That's pretty cool. I, I like that answer. So uh, what's your favorite bike that you've ever worked on? Is it probably one of the same ones? Yeah, definitely as far as race bikes go, the, the Indian. It's um, just a well-designed machine, you know. Uh, anybody that's worked on them knows that they're just it's a well-thought package. You know, working on them, the way that they work on the track, all that uh, they're a good, good bike to work on. As far as like street stuff goes, I do enjoy working on the Harleys. You know, I've, I work on, work and ride on anything, you know, same, same goes for the guys at zippers. We're not, you know, we don't bleed orange and black, you know, everybody appreciates uh, a fast motorcycle. And, um, so I've, I've worked on a lot of, you know, Japanese bikes and, and, uh, domestic bikes. And I really appreciate the fact that when you work on a, a Harley engine, take the valve cover off, you see valves, you know, I've worked on some bikes where you have to take about three layers of plastic off to, to get to the actual valve cover. So if you, know, if you had your chance or your choice, would you rather be working on a Harley or an Indian or maybe something else? Yeah. You know, as long as I'm working on motorcycles and building race engines for motorcycles, I'm happy. Okay. What's your favorite racetrack? Lima. Definitely Lima. Have you ridden there? It's just a, 
No, I've never ridden there. And to be honest with you, the first time I think I ever attended the race was in 2014 when we went there for, um, you know, with Henry. And uh, okay. I was after that, I was hooked. I mean, I've always appreciated, always liked the, you know, deep cushion half miles around here. Like one of my favorite tracks to race was York, York Pennsylvania. Mm, and unfortunately, yep. we don't get to race there anymore. Yeah, that's that's a cool track. I, I love going out there to that one too. Tell me something about Brandon Price that uh, people listening might not know. Hmm, it's a tough one. The kid is dedicated. Everybody knows that. Um, I'd have to say, you know, people might not know he likes to hunt, and that's one thing we share in common. You know, one of his things to do, and uh, when he's not on top of a motorcycle racing, it is go hunting. So people might not right. know that. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't even know you liked to hunt, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so in your opinion, who's the greatest tuner of all time? Greatest I, tuner I of all that. time? <laughs> yeah, I knew that was going to be tough after you told me you worked with Eddie Atkins. So I knew that was going to be a hard one for you. Man, there's a lot of greats. You know, Eddie Atkins is a great tuner. Um, I got to know Johnny Goad through working with Eddie. He's another great tuner, um, very successful. And uh, I would have to say that tuners that I would have to pick would be um kenny colbert okay he definitely right. very very intelligent guy hard working he's you know worked through multiple different eras of motorcycle and been successful with all of them so uh, i have utmost respect for him too so he he may be a great tuner but he can't answer his phone very well <laughs> we've been have, trying to have him on here forever maybe in the off season we'll get him to answer his damn phone yeah well, he's, i'm sure he's a very busy guy all right. So listen to this one. You've got a you've got a weekend off in the middle of the season after eight straight weekends of racing nonstop. What does Justin Bender do? Probably sleep. <laughs> I never I, I wasn't gonna you. guess that one. Yeah. I figured you'd say you're gonna go racing somewhere yourself. Yeah, it all depends. It all depends on the track, but okay. most right. likely if I, I was pushing all week, get the bikes ready and you know. Yeah, I come last. Everything else has got to be dialed. So if I have a weekend off, I probably need to sleep for 48 hours to catch up on more than 48 hours of sleep that I missed. Okay. Well, well, I'm going to give you a break on this next one. You can plead the fifth on this next question, but I'd like to hear your answer. In less than three words, what do you think AFT can do this offseason to improve the series for 2020? Better track prep. All right. I'm right there with you. I get it. Last question. What are you most proud of? Most proud of, of what I've learned up to this point. You know, um, I have a lot to learn. I'll never stop learning. I definitely want to keep accomplishing, uh, keep moving up. I want to be, you know, a very successful tuner as some of the names that I had mentioned before, you know, if I become a quarter as successful as they are or have been, then I'll be happy. But, you know, I'm pretty proud of what I've accomplished thus far and, definitely looking forward to, to see how much more i can accomplish right on are you always this cool calm and collected i try to be people people definitely uh i've been told that i'm i'm pretty calm but you know sometimes i can uh i cannot be okay well, i haven't seen that side of you yet so uh actually i do have one more question about the the last race uh there was a great big meeting uh, meeting of the minds and uh looks like riders and aft folks were over there were you anywhere near that meeting before the the twins went out no i kind of stayed with the bikes uh we had lined up for to go out for our semi and they had had the meeting of the minds and i just stayed with the bike 
kind of where I needed to be. I didn't, I would have liked to have heard what went on, but uh, at the same time, it wasn't my place. So okay. my place was make sure that the bikes were ready to go and Brandon got on them and just stayed with the motorcycle. Right on. I wish I could have been down there too, but I had to stay way up on the, up, up on the roof side. So uh, before we let you go, um, it's your chance to say thanks to anybody. You got sponsors or anybody else that you want to say thank you to, to getting you this far in your career. Yeah. A ton of people, you know, um, definitely like to thank uh, Zipper's performance. Uh, if anybody out there has a Harley and they really do want to go fast, give Zipper's performance a call. You know, we build mild the wild. So those guys love the sport of flat track and uh, they have, you know, supported me, pushed me. They believe in me. So definitely have to thank, thank everyone at Zipper's performance. I'd like to thank Jerry Stinchfield and, and uh, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. Without him, none of the season would have been possible. You know, he made sure that we had fast motorcycles, provided me what I needed to make sure that they're always running in tip-top shape and uh, made sure that I was able to go help Brandon go racing. So can't thank uh, Jerry enough either. And, you know, Brandon and his family believing in me, coming to talk to me, giving me the opportunity to work with them. As far as, you know, my personal racing goes, I didn't get to do too much of that this year, but you know, Super Trap has been a very good company. It helps me out, uh, works connection. Redline Oil, Cometa Gaskets, a lot of those guys. I'd also like to thank Girl Up in Canada, Katie Nielsen. She's been with me all season, listening to me. You know, when I'm happy, when I'm frustrated, and uh, without without her support, this season definitely would have been a lot harder too. So I'd like to thank her. Awesome, man! Thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it here on Off the Groove, and congratulations on on a great great season. Uh, good luck in the off season and uh, let us know if you get plans dialed in for 2020. All right. Yeah, Scotty. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carter, for having me on. Uh, appreciate it. And I'll, I'll definitely be in touch. Keep you in the loop. Sounds good. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed that interview. That was really cool. I, I didn't know him at all. I know we worked with Texter in the past, but like to hear all of how he got into the sport, what he's done since he's been there. Um, and I think his stories and the flat track sense is kind of just beginning, right? Like, uh, it'd be interesting to see what he's doing here in 2020 and, and beyond in the sport. Well, definitely the silly season's definitely here. And it's not only just, you know, for riders, but mechanics and stuff like that until everybody inks a deal. So, you know, some people don't know what they're doing in 2020. You know, I don't have a contract for next year yet. I'm pretty sure I'm locked in if I want to come back, but you never know. So, uh, you know, it was cool getting to hear his story, who he helped. Who helped him? Eddie Adkins, that's a huge name. Johnny Goad, I mean, those are two of the, the most famous mechanics that we have, you know, that, that have been in our sport. And he's worked with them. And now he's earned Rookie of the Year honors with uh, Brandon Price. So a good season for Brandon and a good season for Justin Bender as well. Well, dude, I think that's a... Uh, well, wait, wait. Before before Hold I, on, before I call this done, I know. I off. always try to end it shortly. What's the flat track fact of the week? Hit me. The flat track fact of the week. We already know Briar Bauman locked up the championship. Yes, we did. Okay. So I'll throw I'll throw a couple things out there. All three riders, it was their first ever championship in American flat track. That's interesting. I like that. Okay. All three riders raced for Bell Helmets. I found that interesting. Ooh, Coincidence? Shout I don't out. know. Shout out to Bell, Chris Killen. Here we go. Briar Bauman is the 28th rider to be recognized as the Grand National Champion. 28th? Thanks different. to Bert. 28, yeah, and that, and that seemed really small to me, but you gotta think of how many riders were repeat champions. So, you know, this 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 sport dates way, way, way back, but yeah. officially, 
He's the 28th rider to be recognized as Grand National Champion. Badass. Always like seeing some fresh new faces grabbing those rings at the end of the season and uh, getting those championships. And like I said, it's good to see riders like this story with Dalton, a texter winning the championship, and and you know, Briar with his roller coaster season and you know sticking it through. It's awesome to see him as a champion. If you're Shane a texter, your boyfriend got a championship, your brother got a championship. How hungry are you? in 2020 to come back and get your own championship. I bet she's chomping at the bit. I bet she's ready to go racing right now already. But well, I think we got some interesting stuff. This is this is tying up our, our 99th episode, dude. Like so we end this. We're starting to work next week on our 100th episode. Triple digits. What? We've been talking about it for weeks and it's finally here. I hope I hope you give me that pin that you've been talking about. I yeah, will see. Uh There'll be some changes here in the next couple of weeks. I think we talk, uh, our next three are dedicated already. So 100, 101, and 102 are already spoken for. We've got a few in the can uh, that we're going to probably put out after that. And then uh, I think we're going to make some changes on how we're doing this. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Change is good, right? So are you firing me? No. I can, dude, whatever. Oh. They always say that everybody's replaceable. But as far as this goes, if one of us leaves, I don't know if this would ever be the same. So it's a... A two-man team. Sure. That doesn't mean that we can't mix it up, improve in some areas, try some new things. We've been trying things since we started this, but I I got some ideas. We've been talking about them for the past couple months, and I say, instead of just trying to figure out how we're going to do it, let's just pull the trigger and do some. You want to? All right. Anyways. Hey, Carter, keep it on four wheels. Yes. Everybody else, keep it on two wheels. Are you, Smash that like are you going anywhere this weekend? What? Are you going anywhere? No, nice. no, I've been, I've been somewhere nine weekends in a row. Yeah. That's over two months every weekend. So Heavy. I'm staying home this weekend. I don't, I don't know how to relax very well, but I'm going to try. Take some time, man. And do what, Carter? Drink Dr. Pepper, hang out on the porch. Yes. I don't have a porch. Well, I do have a porch. I forgot yeah, about do. that. I don't ever, I've never seen it, but I, I, I think it. there's one out there. Oh yeah. You seen it. Um, yeah, go have some fun, dude, and figure out when the hell you're coming down to Florida. We're gonna have to. I might have to come to that tire test in November at Volusia. Yeah, uh, the flat track futures race, and then just check out that tire test. We so should talk to Johnny Lewis I- too. There's some. There's he's doing a lot of cool stuff in the off season. I've already seen Corey Texter promoting his winter throwdown that's gonna be in January. There's a lot of cool stuff happening down here before the season, and I'm already getting excited about it. Absolutely. So before we sign off, smash that like button. Tell all your friends. We appreciate all the listeners, all the followers on social media. Uh, hit us up if you have any suggestions, if you want to hear anybody on the show. And also, i got to give a shout out and a happy birthday to Bubba Blackwell. It's his birthday today, Friday. Bubba! Right here. Happy, yeah, happy birthday, Bubba. Happy birthday, son. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. Every week. We don't take a week off, son.
I just got off the boat from the award ceremony. I'd like to relax for a minute. You got your, uh, you still got your sea legs? Dude, I wasn't doing very good when I first got there. Really? Ooh. Yeah. It so was when you got on the boat, there. it was rough? When I first got there, we went up on like the second or the third floor. Yeah. And it was hot because the captain of the ship wasn't on there. So I had no air conditioning going. And I was moving. <laughs> and I made the mistake of looking out the window. Oh, no. And I started sweating. Looked over at Kristen B. She was doing the same thing. Oh, boy. Looked over at Zach. And he was, he's like, all right, I can't sit here. He had to get up and walk around. It's, it's better when you're walking around. When you're sitting still. Yeah. Oh, it's different, man. After, Getting on a boat for the first yeah. time. And had you never been that? Is the first time you'd ever really been on one like that? I've been on a casino boat, but they don't move. You know, they sit there. But yeah, I don't. I don't remember being on anything that big. But uh, after after the captain got there, turned on the air conditioner, we went out to onto the water. I was fine. Yeah. Well, I, I I did it the first time on a cruise ship, and I was like stuck on that thing for like six days. <laughs> so that, wow. me and the girl struggled a little bit, but like I got better. She she had a rough time, but yeah, dude. And it can happen to anybody. You don't know until you get out there too, which sucks. Right, right. Yeah, and that's why I was I was worried because I was like, man, if I get down there, I'm hope I'm hosting the awards banquet or co-hosting with with Kristen Beat. If I get sick, what, where am I going to go? I didn't was see your, a trash your can face, anywhere in sight. Your face green the whole time. Oh, yeah. So was you, luckily, what, none of that happened. What was your favorite part of the banquet? The intermission period. After after we handed all the awards, I, I said, all right, we're going to take a break to do some track maintenance, <laughs> which was a joke, which was funny. But it's okay. So <laughs> we all went great. up to the—it was, it was hilarious, yeah. right? So we all went up to the top deck. We got so close to the Statue of Liberty. It's like you can almost reach out and touch her. Uh, it was a time to— Take a deep breath and let it out. Yeah. Uh, talk to everybody. Take some pictures. We saw Statue of Liberty. Saw a lot of stuff, and then we came back down for the second half of the show. But just that that intermission break to me going upstairs, and you could just feel like the stress level had been lifted. Yeah. And uh, we enjoyed that little break in the action, and then we came back for the second half of the show. But uh, man, I just that was my that was my highlight of the uh, awards make. Actually, <laughs> Dallas Daniels came up and. The only people that were supposed to speak were the champions, and then I think a few of the champion, like the OEM and somebody else maybe, well, Dallas Daniels kind of stepped in front of me yeah. and took my spot away. Ooh. And and I said, I said, so are you taking my spot? And well, he, he got up there, and then he thanked his sponsors and everything like that. And then he tried walking off, so I grabbed him. I said, hold on. If you're going to take my spot, I pointed down, and, and, and my name was highlighted in pink. And I, and I said, you have to read my line. And he said, Scotty. I said, no, that I'm not supposed to say my name. Yeah. I said, read what it says beside there. And he introduced the next award. So <laughs> he, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Everybody thought we had it planned. But you know what? When you're at the awards bank, we just have fun with it. So that was pretty cool. And he did a good job. Awesome. I love seeing all the content on social. Uh, I felt like I was there, kind of wished I was there. Looked like a pretty solid award banquet. And to be that close to the stat- Statue of Liberty had to be pretty badass. So. Um, a hell of a way to finish the season and a hell of a way to finish our 99th episode, son. 